When I'm hungry, I eat. When I'm thirsty, I drink. When I feel like saying something, I say it. Madonna, you are listening to the Real Estate Investor Show, episode number twenty-five. Welcome, ladies, to the Real Estate Investor Show, providing inspiration, strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free lives. Now, here are your co-hosts, Liz and Andressa. We are super excited to have Wendy Sweet on today's show. Wendy is a principal of Carolina Capital Management. Wendy has been lending money to investors since 2001 as both a conventional lender and hard money lender. Her and her partner have been incredibly successful lending money primarily in North and South Carolina to investors, rehabbers, and builders. On today's show, we discuss so much with Wendy, including what projects would be ideal and not ideal for hard money, how to find the right lender, the number one tip on where to find private money, and building lasting relationships. Welcome back, ladies. This is Liz and this is Andressa. How are we doing today, Miss Andressa? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Just want to, you know, I was thinking about how appreciative I was. Uh, we just got back, you and I, of a uh, meetup group, uh, you know, our Invest Her meetup group. And yes. I was really present to just thinking about things in the quiet morning when my children are sleeping for the, the cup of coffee and the quiet, you know, few moments I have. I was thinking about how appreciative I was of the women coming out. They, you know, we came, they came out last week and Andressa did an amazing job of leading a mastermind type of meeting uh, where, where women just were brainstorming. And I was just appreciative of it. I was appreciative of you. You really, you know, went around at all the tables and made sure people were getting something out of it. So, and the community we're developing, like of all women investors. So, um, you know, for the ladies listening, we have a Facebook group, Investor uh, Community there, and also local to Jersey, New Jersey, uh, we were meeting in uh, Cherry Hill. So it's just really uh, inspiring. And, and women came up to us and just said, thank you. Thank you for putting this together. And it's just nice to hear because, you know, you put a lot of effort into things sometimes. Right. And not that I need pats on the back. I kind of do based on my personality. Of but course you do. I do actually just pat myself on the back. But no, but you, you appreciate helping yeah. others and, and vice versa. So I just, and you did a really amazing job on just as amazing at getting in people's, not faces in a mean way, but in a Literally. great, like, direct way. And she was able to kind of help women get through some issues and uh, problems in their business. Yeah. So. I mean, I, I got to thank you because you balance things out. Otherwise we'll be like too direct, <laughs> you know, it doesn't work. But I think that the most important thing that we want to differentiate when we are doing the mastermind is that it's not a chit chat. And we are, we tend to start chit chatting and getting like out of the focus. What is really your problem? Hold on, go back, come back, come yep. back to the point. What is really your, your focus here? And then people start figuring out the answers for their issues basically by themselves and they they look at me and say I think I just answered my question I was like yeah you got it yeah. you know it's just that that brainstorming conscious brainstorming I would say which differentiates from a chit chat and then leads to something else and then you're ending the conversation and you're like okay it was just an hour of talking about what exactly. Right. So we had a very limited time. So we want to make sure that, you know, they got something out of it, really like worth their time going there. And you facilitated beautifully. Um, so thank you for, you know, make things happen with yeah. me and with, you know, Jen and Shireen too. So it yeah. was great. Nice, nice group of women. And, and by the way, we're, we're, we're actually, just to share with the, the ladies listening, we're sh we are starting a pilot, a free pilot, it's totally free, uh, called High Five Real Estate um, Women Mastermind Group. And we're, uh, it's just got, we just, uh, just, just put it up on our site. So if you, if you go to our site, therealestateinvestor.com, uh, check that out. It might be something to kind of explore. Again, it's going to be free. We're just piloting it. We're, we're actually going to teach women how to mastermind and create a mastermind group. So we're really excited about that and just check that out if you can. Uh, but um, whether it's through us or whether it's through your local communities, but seek that mastermind out so you can grow and uh, expand. And um, so we're, 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 we're incredibly excited to have Miss Wendy Sweet on our uh, interview and on our show. So welcome, Wendy. Thank you so much. I'm honored to be here. And I'm, I'm all into this conversation you're having about women's mastermind. I'm, I have one as well that I've been helping facilitate and 
you're you're so spot on about um, keeping people on a basically a time limit because you know we women are chatty. We you know God made us that way. We get it. Um, it's part of our emotion and it adds to our intuition. Um, but keeping them on track is is so important because we're we also tend to uh, multitask on everything we do, and it is easier, I believe, to, you know, go down all of these little rabbit trails because they all really flow back into what it is we're focusing on anyway. Um, but uh, it's so much um, informative, I think, to be around other women, see how, how successful they are, what they're able to accomplish, see what they did, because we do have so many other things that we juggle. Yeah. It's that, you know, there really isn't a glass ceiling out there you have to bust through it. It's, yeah. it's only there if, if you allow it to be. And, and when a female gets out there and, you know, starts her own business and, and leads a team in this industry, there is nothing you cannot accomplish. You, you can't make it a gender thing anymore because women are absolutely able to bust through that ceiling. I yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, now I have like 15 more questions to add to my question. <laughs> no, I, I, you know, and, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll jump into your, your, your background and how you came, came to be. But I think what, what you're saying makes so much sense. I think the area that you're involved in. So we've introduced you, obviously, you know, as we jumped into this interview, people learn a little bit about you, but you're, you've been lending to investors. So you're on the financial side, right, of, yes. of real estate. And we'll get into hard money in a moment, which I think is something, you know, I, I want to explore a lot with you. But when it comes to that, right, that type of um, part of real estate investing, I think it's, it, you know, it's very male dominated, especially on the financial side and putting deals together. And you're, you're leading your company uh, and you're a partner in your company. So I'm curious to hear from you about that journey. And maybe you could tie that in as you share a little bit about, you know, how did you, how did that even happen? You know, what, what, what kind of drew you into real estate, the investment world and your kind of your, um, your background? How did you sure, come to sure. happen? So, um, I have been self-employed since 1995. I started out really in the hotel business uh, in their marketing department. And the, the company that I was doing their marketing for, they started buying golf courses that were attached to the hotel. So I learned about golf courses and, and decided that I liked that better than the hotel business. So I started a marketing company for private and semi-private golf courses, helping them put their memberships together and that kind of thing. So, um, when I was uh, 37, I'm giving my age up because it was really only a couple <laughs> years ago, um, <laughs> I got married and, and I decided that I was going to stay home and, and have babies because I was almost 40. And um, I did give birth at the age of 40 and about, I don't know, three months into it, I was going crazy and uh, decided to... Um, just dabble in the mortgage industry because my brother had a, 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 um, a, a net branch. And so I was working a little bit with him. So one of the loans that was the hardest thing to do were the investor loans. All, all mortgage brokers can do, you know, owner occupied properties, your primary properties, they, they can do second homes, but an investor loan was always the most difficult to do. So I figured that if I learned that, I'd get all that business. I'd be like shooting fish in a barrel and started working with a gentleman by the name of Larry Goins. He's a national speaker. You may have heard of him. Um, he had a mortgage company and I started working with him. He was the president of the local real estate investor association. So from that, but within a month, I had 20 loans out of that group. It truly was like shooting fish in a barrel because there weren't people that were really concentrating on that investor side. So as a mortgage broker, I was able to see who it was that had plenty of money in the bank and who it was that could find houses because they usually weren't the same people. So the people that were applying for loans didn't have a house, but they had money. The others were applying for loans. They didn't really have money or the credit score to qualify, but they were able to find houses. I started putting those two together. I'd take this guy's IRA and, and lend it for him to the guy who didn't have any money. And that's really how the hard money started building. So 
um, when 2007 hit, I, I, you know, then called myself a recovering mortgage broker, got out of the <laughs> conventional side and just stuck with the hard money. So the hard money has continued to grow and, and just um, really opened me up, not only to uh, being able to lend in that hard money world, but it opened me up to everything that real estate has to offer. I also have a real estate uh, broker's license in both North and South Carolina. I've had that for over 30 years. And although I didn't do that full time, I had that education behind me, the continuing ed that we all love to have to take every year. So I was able to do that, dabbling a, a little bit of that in the, on the side. But when you're a lender, you touch every phase of real estate from f finding houses to the rehab part of houses. You have to know what you're doing if you're going to release money after people have done um, the repair work. So you understand the quality of construction, all of those things come together. And then of course, when you turn around to sell the property, you know, some of the tips, who's buying what, you know, is a garage necessary? Are you over um, improving for the neighborhood? You know, there's all kinds of things that are wrapped up in it that as a lender, you need to know all these things because if you're lending your money to these people, you need to make sure that they're making the right move. So the thing about lending and what I love the most about it is that I have an opportunity to help uh, even experienced investors get better at what they do because I'm in so many deals over, you know, a, a long period of time. Now it's been what, 18 years at this point. So I'm, I'm in all these deals. I get to see the good, the bad, and the ugly. I get to see all the mistakes. And, you know, I've made plenty myself. So my goal is to train people and keep them from making the same mistakes that I and other people have made. And, and I look at things like if for some reason that deal is not approved by a hard money lender or a private money lender, there's got to be a reason for yep. it. <laughs> And it's because we don't like to put ourselves at risk. So you, Mrs. Borrower or Miss Borrower, <laughs> should not expose yourself to that either. It's not a deal. And, and part of what we do is, is train people to really look at this, get the emotion out of it, because so many people just want to do that first deal or, you know, or it's, it's in a really great location or, or, you know, there's always an excuse of why they really want to do that deal. Well, do the numbers work. It's, it's pretty black and white. And, and so, so my goal is to truly train them up, let them think about not only that deal of, but also is what is your goal as an investor? You know, who do you really want to be when you grow up? What, what, why are you even doing this? Do you want to buy and hold? Do you want to flip houses? Do you want to do new construction? Are you interested in multifamily? You know, and why, why you know, what's your big why? You're trying to get your kids through college? You know, are you looking for retirement? You're looking for extra money? You know, what is the reason? And, and those reasons change throughout their journey mm -hmm. in real estate, why you're doing certain things. So um, it, it's just, the whole thing is just so exciting for me to see somebody grow. And I call them from little baby investors, <laughs> full out entrepreneurs. And it's just awesome to see them meet their goals, meet and exceed their goals. And you know, what's really cool about this too is, you know, we don't really target um, a certain criteria of people. We don't target women. We don't target men. We don't target age groups. That's not what we're looking for um, because we just want investors that, that have their heads on straight. That's what we're trying to do. But what's really funny is our most common borrower is a black female. Hmm. Wow. Isn't that interesting? Very interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. I wow. think it's really cool. The, the, uh, the people that come to us to, to borrow money and we do have a lot of women as a whole as, as borrowers. And, um, so, so what's really funny to me is that our borrowers are not male or not a male dominated community. Hmm. The lending side is, but our borrowers are not. What do you think is the reason for that? I think that these are people that have discovered that 
they have to punch through that glass ceiling that they feel mm. like is out there. Yeah, absolutely. I want to circle back very quick on the point that you made that if you don't lend to somebody's because there's something there, mm-hmm. but you have people that are very stubborn, right? And they come and say, you know what? That person didn't lend to me. And my question is, okay, what did they see that you're not seeing it? What exactly. is what is wrong with it? Wait, there's a red flag. Something is up with that. Sometimes they are seasonal investors, so they don't understand where the market was and where it is right now. So one thing that I want to um, ask you, if you could break it down for me, when somebody comes to you, what exactly you want to see based on the numbers? Well, it's, and it's, it's not just the numbers that I'm looking for, but sure. bottom line, we want to see a 640 credit score, number one. And the reason why we say 640 is because we want people to have a plan A and a plan B. If for some reason that house does not sell, I want them to be able to qualify to get refinanced out of my loan. It's 13.75% in interest for your first loan with me. That's not cheap. And that interest can kill you. So if for some reason you can't sell it after have it fixed up, I want you to be able to be qualified to get out of that and get it into a lower interest rate. Now, Get people will say, well, you can get a refinance all the way down to 600. Well, yeah, that's probably true. But let's leave some cushion there and be smart about what you're doing. The next thing that we do is we want to make sure that people have money in the bank. And they say, well, how much do I need? Well, you're going to need enough money to make payments to me for at least six months. You're going to have to have enough money in the bank to be able to bring to the closing table. We've got points, an origination fee that we charge. So we want to make sure that you're bringing that. I don't want you to go to a gap funder, somebody who's going to lend you the money for the down payment and lend you money for points. I don't want to see you do that. Will people do that for you? Sure, all the time. But is that a safe place for you to be? Absolutely not. You are you're really setting yourself up for possible failure because I say this all the time, good thing or bad things happen to good people all the time. You can do all the homework and the due diligence that would be necessary to make this a successful deal, but you're really only in control about 10% of what's going on around you. (laughs) You know, the other 90% is the environment, the market, God, whatever's going on out there you really don't have a whole lot of control over it. And when you're making decisions based on everything going great, you will fail. So we care about how much money they have in the bank. We care about that credit score. We also care about their tax returns or their W-2s because people still have to live uh, on their own. They still need to buy their own groceries and pay their own mortgage and all those things um, while they're paying us. So, we just want to make sure that they have a, a handle on what's going on in their life before we lend to them. And it's not because we're afraid to lend to them. It's, it, we don't want their house, but we have that house as collateral. You know, we know we have that. But what we want to do is we want you to be successful. We don't want to just do one loan for you. We'd love to do them all. And we can't do that if you're out of business. So we want to make sure that that what they're doing is smart and safe. So really, those are the things that we're looking for. That's great. And, and, you know, when it comes to hard money, as someone who's been in the business for so long, Wendy, what is a simple way for women who haven't used hard money or women that are completely new uh, to investing? What's a simple definition of hard money? Because the term okay. gets thrown around a lot. I'm sure. curious to hear sure. from you how you would define it. I mean, I, would, I have my own definition. Some of it is Andressa. We're both familiar with it. But I'm curious to hear from you what your definition is of how, would, how do women best think of uh, this term hard money? Sure. And private money is really the same thing. People say, what's the difference between the two? Uh, Hard money is really a company that does it. Private money is usually somebody that has a self-directed IRA or cash in the bank that they just want to kind of lend on their own. But, and I have a third, what I call my third grade um, definition. Uh, 
It is a short-term high interest loan that allows a borrower the opportunity to buy and rehab a property. And when I say high interest, they run 10, 12, 13, I've even seen it at 15%, um, short-term, anywhere from six to 12 months. So what happens is we take the list of repairs that you plan on doing to a house, we give it to an appraiser and they do an appraisal based on those items being completed. That's called a subject to appraisal. So we lend, our company lends up to 70% of that after repaired value. So we'll lend you all the money to buy the house, all the money to fix it up, as long as you're under that 70% loan to value. Now, there are many companies out there that lend money like this. Some will lend up to 65%. I've, seen, I've even seen 75%, which is dangerous in my opinion. Mm. Um, but the, the, the difference about what, what we do versus what some other hard money lenders do, they will also make you bring a deposit. So if they say we'll lend up to 70% of the after repaired value, so they'll say we'll lend you 90% of the purchase and 90% of the rehab. Does that make sense? Yeah. Does that make sense to you? No. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So really they're making you bring, so if they say, okay, we'll lend up to 70%, but in that 70%, they're also gonna make you bring 10% of the loan amount as a down payment in addition to the points and any closing costs that will show up from the attorney or right. title company. So it, what that, well, the only thing that means is that you're gonna bring more money out of your pocket at the closing table. And, and it doesn't mean that that's bad. You know, if you have plenty of cash to put down, a lot of times it's, it's better if you're bringing money to put down because those lenders that require that usually will have a lower interest rate. So, there's all kinds of programs out there. You just need to really ask the question of, is there a down payment required with the closing costs? Um, some people will roll closing costs into the loan amount, mm. but when they do that, it's included into your loan to value. So you're again, getting a lower amount to borrow because your points are included in that. Mm -hmm. um, so, so there's, there's all kinds of ways for a lender to structure the way they lend money. Some of them will want a piece of the action on the back. Like they, they might want some sort of 5% equity, 10% equity of whatever your profit is throughout the loan. Um, there are lenders out there that will lend money and not require an interest payment on a monthly basis. That, that for some people works really well you need to remember that, hey, those interest payments are building. And when things didn't go right in this house and there's a payoff, all of your interest is going to be on that payoff and you're not going to have any profit left over. I like to see the monthly payments. Even I like to pay the monthly payments myself because it's kind of like a fire lit under my rear end. <laughs> you know, I've got to get this thing done. And it, it makes me, uh, it, it just puts me more in motion knowing that I'm making that payment every month. It hurts and pain will get me out of this loan. Yeah. Then we put a little, little pressure on the GC. <laughs> Just That's a right. little. <laughs> That's right. One thing that I wanted to um, ask is that how flexible are the, the points and the interest based on the background? I'm assuming that somebody that is, that's their first flip, um, some the terms will be different than somebody that has a, a long track record. Am I on, on, on the point here or? Absolutely. You, you are. And, and uh, <clears throat> for us though, the majority of the people, when you do your first loan with us, unless I already know, like, and trust you, you're going to pay the five points and 13.75% because I want to build a relationship with you. This is not, um, I mean, yes, we're a lender, you're the borrower, but we want to make sure that, that we can, we're more concerned about character. We really are more concerned about character. We do pull background checks on people. Um, it shows us any, um, you know, liens that may be there, but it also shows us a lot about that person's character. 
and you know we've pulled you know child predators and <laughs> my my most incredible one was um, one that we pulled a guy had twenty two seatbelt violations in a year. Oh. So uh, when we asked him about that, he said, "Well, I just don't like wearing my seatbelt, following the rules." And I'm thinking, "Hmm, I have rules." Yeah. <laughs> say about making that payment, and he had great credit. But we didn't do the loan just because of. Um, I mean, how do you get caught twenty two times? You driving down the road, <laughs> going, "Hey, look at me! I've got no seatbelt." <laughs> oh my gosh! It's just it's kind of crazy. But character means everything. So character that you know we want to see what that other person's character is like but we want them to see ours as well and and you know that so that's important to us to really have that relationship and as we build that relationship our points and rates go way down it makes a lot of sense and you know i i love what you're saying about the different type of there's different types of deals and there's different types of lending and there's different types of ways to finance this. So if someone says, should I use hard money for this deal? How can you even answer that in and of itself? What, what type of deal is it? What are the, you know, so there's so many layers and peeling back the onion, you know, in terms of that, Wendy, what you're saying, it just makes so much sense. Um, I'm curious though, when it comes to hard money, um, you know, we, we probably have used hard money uh, we use much more private money now in terms of our growth of our own business. But sure. I would say hard, we did have experience using hard money and it did work in certain circumstances with certain deals. Um, when you think about, especially in this um, market, it's a very competitive market. Deals are get you know, projects are, are costing people more, right? So, it, you know, just, just the nature of the competitive landscape of, of buying property right now. I'm sure. curious to hear your thoughts around, you know, when, when, is a, a, when is it just not going to work with hard money? And I'm curious to get your insight into that. Um, uh, you know, what, what, and then the, the flip side of that question, you can answer however you want to, but what are the most ideal types of projects? So it doesn't mean that you know, it has to be, you have to tell us exactly where the property is located, but are there any kind of characteristics if someone was to say in listening to this as they become more aware of, okay, how do I finance this deal? Oh, this could be a good hard money project. Are there characteristics? Are there like three to five things that if, if, they, if they see that or find that, that could be a good recipe for hard money and it makes sense financially? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Um, there's plenty that you should never use hard money and there's plenty that, that it's perfect. You know, hard money is fast. It, it's, it's a quick, a very quick loan. Um, so, so if speed is important, that's definitely something to consider. If your deal is tight, where your profit is tight, I wouldn't use hard money because yeah. your profit's going to go to the interest. If your deal is going to take a longer period of time, either to sell, if it's something in a, if you're in an area where it's taking, you know, six to nine months to get a sale, I probably wouldn't use hard money. Um, I, I would use hard money if it's more like a 90 days or less to take it to sell a property. Um, I, there's people that come to us that have really high, high end projects where it's, you know, to us that's, a, you know, a million dollar project or a $1.5 million project that single family home uh, that may be a ground up construction. But, so if it were, if, the ground up construction is going to last 12 to 18 months on a house that size. Normally I would say you absolutely shouldn't use a hard money lender for something like that. Um, however, there aren't a lot of banks out there that are going to lend on something like that. There's not a lot of private money lenders that have that much money for a single property or they don't want to put themselves at risk for that amount. So something that like that you need to, to really decipher whether or not that's the best deal. But I can tell you for us, we do a lot of ground up construction on, on properties where the construction is a six month period, um, six, six to eight month period for them to be able to build it and sell it. And you know, because of where we lend, uh, primarily in the Carolinas, we don't really have heavy snowstorms that will keep us from building for you know three or four months out of the year. We, yep. we, <laughs> just don't have to deal with that. So, so hard money would work much better in that case. If, you know, if I was in Michigan, you know, or 
um, Colorado would be another thing that would scare me being on a a hard money loan. If I'm, you know, trying to, you have to really time your build correctly if you're going to be in hard money. So really it's, it's really a case by case basis. The other thing too, is most people when they're experienced enough, they can build their lender list, their private money lender list. And I, I, I try to encourage people to really attend those local um, real estate investor group meetings because that's the meeting where the people who, who understand investing, they have money in their self-directed IRAs. And they're the ones sitting at the back of the room just seeing who the movers and shakers are. They want to see who's successful. They're the ones that, are, that can lend quickly their rates are a little bit lower and it's so easy if something goes wrong to work it out with them, you know, where they can give you more time or even give you more money to finish a project if you went in a little low. There's, they, they have a lot of um, leeway on the things that they're able to do. If you're with a bank or some sort of in, any kind of financial institution, that kind of goes away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that holds true with a hard money company. You know, how large is that company? Are they more of a local company or are they regional or are they national? Is it someone that you're talking to or are you filling out your application online, doing everything by email and not really building a relationship with them? So not all hard money companies are alike either, but building up a private lender base I think is the most important thing for any investor. Um, Another way that I always recommend to people to build that private money base up is to attend the, um, the IRA, what do they call them? Seminars and meetings that they have. And and I'm going to name a few. There's plenty of them that are out there, but I'm going to name a few. Um, Quest IRA based out of uh, Texas You've got Cama Plan, which is based out of Pennsylvania. Yep. Um, you've got um, American IRA is based out of North Carolina. Um, and the um, summit that we went to, the real estate summit that Cama Plan, uh, you know, put on. I, I have to tell or Cama Plan and, and Dave, um, Dave Van Horn. I'm sorry, my, my, my names are getting mixed up. Van Horn put that on, but Camaplan was there as well with Carl, Carl Fisher. Yes. And it's, it, it's so important to go to events that are sponsored by these IRA companies because people that go there, guess what they have? They have IRAs <laughs> that they are trying to place. There's your lender pool right there. Um, and the other thing is the more you get to know, the more you as an investor get to know about IRAs and how they work, you train people that have IRAs on how they can and cannot invest and keeping them safe in the, the, uh, the, the deals that they do with you, arm's length transactions and things like that is, is it an important role that you play for them. So um, those things are important as well. So the more that you know about IRAs and how they work, and I'm talking about 401ks, HSAs, ESAs, all these things that you can can invest uh, by self-directing those funds, the more you know about that, the more you can help the people that have those things be able to lend to you. And that's your best base to be able to borrow from because they are the most flexible borrower you can have or flexible lender you can have. Yeah, no, absolutely. They, they, you're, you're, you're hitting on a, and, and you're hitting on a great point of like, you know, all the different types of money, hard money, you know, uh, you're saying too, in terms of borrowing against, you know, um, self-directed IRA, you know, all of these types of funding is helpful. It just depends on the project and, and what's going to exactly. make sense. Um, you know, that's a really, I, I love what you're saying too, just as a, as a, just to follow up is so many people that are looking for lenders and looking for private money, go to these real estate investing networks, you know, right. meetings. And you know what? Usually those people are the same people like you looking for money. That's but right. To, but to go to a, you know, a, a specific networking meeting that is, is sponsored by the IRA companies, it's a great mm-hmm. recommendation. 
often. And fish in a barrel. (laughs) Yeah, it's a really, really good suggestion. um, You know, because that's that's often uh, you know where where uh, both Andres and I look for you know private private. Right. Well, even just yesterday. Yeah, just yesterday, I um, basically had a house fall in my lap. I just love when that happens, and it's it's really close to my office. And and I have I'll, I'll just give you the numbers. I um, offered him thirty two thousand dollars for the house, and it needs about fifty thousand in work, and I can sell it for one hundred and fifty. That's a screaming deal, and it'll probably sell within the same day that I put it on the market. It's just really rocking. I don't want to tell you what city because I don't want anybody coming here. So, <laughs> so um, I w- wanted to do it in my IRA. Well, I lend money out of my IRA on the side to, you know, other people mm-hmm. that I know um, outside of Carolina hard money. I have just enough money in one of my IRAs to be able to purchase the house. I don't have the money in that IRA to be able to do the rehab. So, you know, I'm trying to think of ways that I can do that to put it in my IRA. You know, I could add cash to it as well and split it up. And, um, but again, I'm messing with arm's length transaction and I just want to make sure I'm keeping everything straight. So I thought, you know what, I'm not going to, I'm just not going to do it in my IRA. I'll just get somebody else's IRA to lend to me and then I'll use my money to lend to somebody else. So all I did was text somebody that I know from one of these groups that I go to, Financial Friends Network, actually. And I said, I have a deal. I need $80,000. I can sell it for one fifty. I need the money for about four months. And he said, okay, where do I send it? <laughs> I mean, Great. it was that, that's the kind of relationships that you build when you when, when you go to these things and, and it's just, you know, I've known this guy now for two years and, and uh, luckily he knows, likes and trusts me as well. And, and if he sent me an email asking me the same thing, I, I, I do the same for him because, you know, I, and I have several people like that, that I can go to and anybody can do that. Yeah, it's excellent. Excellent point. Um, you know, in terms of, um, in terms of those relationships, we, we talk a lot about building relationships. I know Andres and I have you know done our done different podcasts on building relationships. What did you in those two years you've known him? Now you have a track record, right? You you've been you've been in the lending business for many years, but right. that relationship isn't twenty years old. And I'm curious in those two years, what what specific things did you do to build that relationship? You know, what do you do? What, what works for you and your own personality? Because, you know, we talk about building relationships and we hear how important it is and no one would ever disagree with that. But I don't know if people talk about how they build relationships, you know, and some people are better than, than others, uh, you know, but if you really stop and think about it, you have to cultivate it. It's like a marriage. It's like any relationship, right? So I'm curious, you, you met this person at an event, you meet, you know, what, what, what happened next? I'm curious to understand that a little bit. So the women listening to this can start to also be strategic yeah. in their approach. Yeah, that, and that's a great question. And, and one word comes to mind, genuine. It has to be genuine. You, you can't look at this as, ooh, I need to stay in touch with them because I can possibly borrow money from them. Mm-hmm. I look at this like... I what can I do to help that person get better and be successful at what they do? This friend that I'm talking about, he, he is in what, what he likes to call the real estate business. He invests in mobile homes. I love that's, that term. That's his, other two. that's his main business. So it, it turns out because I go to these different events, I've seen him at several different events and and when I, after I saw him on the, at the first event, you know, I always send out an email, hey, it was great meeting you. And, you know, I, I was really interested in what you do and I'd love to learn more about it. I want to learn more about what they're doing to see if, is there something that I can do to help them with what they do? Plus, you know, when you're any type of real estate that somebody is dealing with, there's always something special, some type of special negotiation that they do deal structure that they do 
it's a little bit different than what you're used to doing. And you want to learn what that is. Because truly, truly, from the way I see it, every single thing you look at is a deal. It just depends on how you structure it. Yep. It, it, it just depends on how you structure it. And it may not work for you, but it may work for somebody else. It might fit into their goal and their plan of what they're trying to do. So, I, you know, a, a mobile home comes along that looks like it would be a good deal. And I'm thinking, wow, he would probably like to hear about that. I'm going to pick up the phone and say, hey, I'm going to send this deal over to you that I think you might like. I don't want anything from it. I don't want any kind of referral fee. I don't want anything like that. I want him to get that deal and be successful. Now, what is he going to think about me? What is he going to do? to? Because he really sees that I'm interested in his success. So it's, it's just, you know, one step at a time there. When we go to events and we see each other, we always have lunch or we'll have breakfast together or go get a cup of coffee or, you know, it's just, it's slowly built. It doesn't happen overnight. Um, right. So it, it, you're touching a very good point that you don't build a relationship, let's say, with a hard money lender the day that you, oh, I got a deal. Now let me build a relationship in 15 minutes so we can get this deal there. So start building the relationship when you still don't have a deal so you can understand what they're exactly they're looking for. I know that my lenders, when I send them a deal, it's it's like spot on based on their criteria already. So they can give me an answer in, in a couple of hours. Right. But right. It, it makes things much easier when you already have that relationship built prior of having a deal in place. Exactly. The, you know, the other thing too, that's, that's really interesting is I get, um, I, I have a lot of contacts that would not borrow money from me. They already have their lending base built. They're borrowing, you know, low interest from banks or, you know, they've got all of that set up. But I still want to maintain that um, relationship with them because they send me referrals all the time, all the time. Um, you know, and the other thing that really helps is anytime I get an opportunity to speak at a small um, subgroup meeting or our local RIA meeting or, you know, something like this. I, I want to be able to do that and share what I know because there's people listening that may not ever borrow money from me, but they may refer me to other people. And uh, that's really what's important is just kind of getting your name out there and letting people know what it is that you do, whether you're a lender whether you're an investor, whether you're wholesaling properties, whether you're rehabbing properties, other people need to know what you do so that they can refer business to you, whether it's a house, a lender, a contractor, whatever that might be. I love what you're saying because you're taking the whole like networking 101, see how you could help other people to a different level by saying you have to be interested in people's success. That's Absolutely. very different than how can I help you? you right. Know? I think that's such a great, way to think of really building relationships is if you want to be good at building relationships, which you and I, we all three of us know on this call is everything in this business. Right. Um, you got to be interested, genuinely interested in people's success. That's and, right. And, uh, and I think that's, I, I, I love that. I love that you said that and how you said it because I, it's really taking the whole, how can I help you to a, to, to a different level? You're actually not helping them. You're actually helping, you're, you're aiding in their success. Different. That's right. That's I, right. I, I love that. And if you could do that, you're going to build relationships very quickly with people. Well, and, and, and two, these people that, you know, any deal you do, you're going to learn from it. And when you have relationships with people like this, I like to call them my brain trust too, because there are certain people that, that I reach out to, to, to get advice from on, on moves that I'm making, th things that I'm doing. That's really, really really important as well. You've heard that your net worth is your network. Mm -hmm. And I love that. And also that, you know, the five people that are closest to you, are they bringing you up or are they pulling yeah. you down? So if you're helping other people be successful, aren't they bringing you up too as they become successful? It, it's just, it, it's a win-win for everybody. Yeah, I really like to, I'm not a competitive person. I'm, I'm the middle child of five and 
so, you know, I, I, that's just a crazy place to be um, when you're a kid and competition is everywhere. I, I, I am not attracted to competition. I, I'm competitive with myself. I, I want to be better in everything that I do and improve at what I do. Uh, but I don't want to be in competition with someone else. I eat uh, other lenders. When I meet other lenders, I want to embrace them. I want to know them. I want to know what they're doing. That's good. I want to know what mistakes they've made. And, and I want to share the same thing with them uh, because there are lenders out there that, that we do lending with. We might, you know, pick up a $2 million deal. We may not have the other million dollars to do it with. And I've got various other people that I can call and say, Hey, you want to do this project together? So it's, and I, and I refer people that may not be a good borrower for us to other lenders and they do the same for us. So you take the competitive nature out and replace it with how can I help you be successful? Yeah, that's, that's so empowering. And <laughs> So you're the middle, I got to go back to this. You're the middle of five children. Yeah. <laughs> and, and what was the um, uh, boys, oldest, girls? What was it, okay, two boys. Okay. Then me. And yep. then a little sister, little brother. And okay. my oldest brother, Bill, is my business partner. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I brought him in about, I guess it's been about five years. It has been. It's been five years. Um, when things, you know, it was a little one woman show. And things really started expanding. Um, you know, when things started coming back, 2010, 2011, things really started expanding. And I just I couldn't do it all by myself. And he's the one that had the lending background to begin with. And, and he comes from a commercial end as well. So I thought, well, you know, who better to share with than my bro? I can, you know, <laughs> I can trust him. I know I can trust him. And, you know, if we don't agree, we can just tell our mother and she'll work it out for us. <laughs> <laughs> no, we've, we've always, uh, all the siblings get along really well. And um, I'm just blessed to have him as my business partner on this. Great. So, and, and it, we're going to have you, you know, share where, where pe women can learn more about what you're up to. But it, if you were to tell the, the ladies listening to this as they grow their own businesses, what, what do you think, and you've grown your business, what, 20 plus years, right? So what, what one thing, if they had to do one thing to, you know, grow, grow their business, what should they do? Okay. There's, I'm going to say two things. Okay. You could do two things. Okay. I'll let you. So the number one thing is an attitude. Do not be afraid to fail. And if you're not failing at something, you're not trying hard enough. Because it, failure is the best learning experience you will ever have. The, the, I, I can, you know, I fail all the time. I fail all the time. My goal is to fail forward and to learn from what it is that, that I did. What could I have done differently? And, and it, I, you know, brush myself off, you know, pull up my big girl panties and, and move forward. That's, that's really what that is. Um, the other thing that I would say is you must, must, must invest in yourself. The hardest thing for me to do, and I, I remember very clearly, it was 2011, and I was invited to go to a mastermind group that was $12,000, and they had to pry it from me from my cold, dead hands. I was like, I cannot <laughs> I can't spend that much money on something like this. I'm still a member of that mastermind group. It's called the Collective Genius. The top real estate people in the country are in that, that uh, mastermind. And I can attribute my growth spurt directly back to that mastermind. All of the other masterminds that I'm involved in, I can contribute it or attribute it back to that original mastermind from other people that I've met in that mastermind. Mm. It's just investing in yourself, investing in your own education and getting better, not only at what it is that you do, but you and who you are. And, you know, understand, you know, we're, we're, we all have different um, skill sets 
and we all lack certain skill sets. Well, is it better for you to fix that skill set or is it better for you to hire somebody to take that on so that you can improve in what you're already really good at? Check. Because yeah. <laughs> you're just getting better and better. You know, it's that thing where, and I tell people this all the time, sometimes 80% has to be good enough. Let somebody else be the 80% while you strive to be the 100 at what you're really good at. Should you really, you know, I, you know, I, I stink at social media stuff. I'm really bad at that. I have three incredible people on my team that are great at it. Do I want to know more about it? Sure. But ain't nobody got time for that. (laughs) (laughs) There are so many other things that I'm already good at that I want to get better at that I love and enjoy and am passionate about. And I don't need to know all the details about the social media and how it works and you know, who's updating my LinkedIn and, you know, all of that stuff. I'm, you know, that's boring to me. Um, But to somebody else, that's exciting. So I want to invest in myself and learn even more about, you know, real estate and lending and structuring deals. And that stuff just makes me excited. Learning about trusts, um, living trust, irrevocable trust, you know, what, how can I put houses in land trust, you know, all those little things, how they work. I, that's exciting for me. I want to know that. So, so investing in every little thing that has anything to do in growing myself is what I want to do. And I would recommend to people that, and, and understand too, you know, Uncle Sam pays for half of it. If you are investing in yourself, doing continuing education, doing a mastermind, whatever it is that you're learning about, that's investing in your business. And, you know, that's deductible. So take advantage of what's out there. And I learned all that because I invested in a tax class, <laughs> you know, learning more about taxes, and real estate investing through, um, through your tax, how you can increase that. In fact, if you've ever had an opportunity to sit in front of John Hire for any particular reason, I would highly recommend him. His last name is H-Y-R-E. He is like the tax king. Um, but there's just so many people out there that are so full of knowledge and getting in front of them is so important. Yeah. No, that's awesome, Wendy. Your, your, your passion and enthusiasm is contagious. So, um, <laughs> I don't know if I want to go take a tax class, but, but I, but you, you know, you make it's so fun. many, I know, right. It, actually, you know, saving, I like that. Maybe that, that's what the yeah, focus of the class yeah. was. There we go. But, um, but yeah, it's just, it's, 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 it's wonderful what you're saying. And I think it's that investing in yourself, um, to have a, have a greater future. So that's, that's really, um, encouraging. So thank you for sharing that. Where can, um, listeners learn more about you? We can, we got to get you on the show again. So we'll, we'll, we'll make that happen, but where can, um, the women listening learn more about your company and you and just kind of, you know, reach out well, to we, we have a website called carolinahardmoney.com. Um, we also do a past uh, a, a podcast called the Alternative Investor Podcast, mm. uh, so you can try that out as well. And uh, if you really just Google Wendy Sweet, there's a ton of um, webinars and and videos and things like that that are out there. We have a Facebook page, Carolina uh, Hardmoney.com as well, and um, or you can just email me, Wendy at CarolinaHardMoney.com. I'll, I'll hook you up. <laughs> there we go. And all of this information, all the websites and an amazing uh, tips that Wendy shared with us today, it's going to be on the show notes. So you can go there and click on the link. So you will have all that information. Awesome. Um, now I'm going to transition very quickly to the fabulous three questions. Are you ready, Wendy? I am. All right. <laughs> So what's the most transformational book you have ever read? Okay. The most, tra- gosh, there's so many. Right? It's hard for me. Um, I have to say that uh, The Richest Man Who Ever Lived, um, I'm going to pull it up on my Audible real quick. The Richest Man Who Ever Lived by Stephen Scott is his last name, is the most awesome book I've, I've ever read. And, and it is based on King Solomon. Wow. 
uh, but it's absolutely business oriented and just really kind of takes it all and lifts it up. It's awesome. Highly recommend it. Great. The second question is, what's the most powerful routine you do to create a financially free and balanced life? Well, the balance part comes from uh, at 6.30 every morning I work out. Um, and I'm telling you, I have to fight myself every morning to do it. It's not, you know, I keep thinking, well, this is going to get easier. Well, it doesn't. Um, but it, <clears throat> getting, getting my sweat moving and my blood flowing um, is so important to getting my brain moving. Mm-hmm. And doing it first thing in the morning for me is really, really important. And then also having time alone to pray, in my case, but just to contemplate, you know, what's going on in your life, the direction you want to be in, and thinking about other people. And, um, again, what I might be able to do to pray for them or help them or reach out to them in any way. Those two things are really important for me. Great. Tony Robbins um in an event that I went, he said, I don't negotiate with my brain. Yeah. In the morning, I go inside. He, I think he, he takes like a very cold shower um, and get inside an icid pool. That's insane. So, right, it is. So he's like, when my brain starts saying, oh, maybe today it's not going to be a good you know, time for you to do He's like, I don't negotiate. I just go. So it's more <laughs> aligned to what you're saying. The, Third question is, which woman, famous or not, has inspired you the most? Oh, that is a great question. Um, My grandmother. Um, She was not a businesswoman. Uh, She was an awesome mother and the most incredible grandmother anybody could ever ask for. But she was um, completely non-judgmental. Uh, gentle, and she listened better than anybody I have ever had the pleasure of knowing. And just encouraging, calm. I always go back and think about her. Um, uh, whenever I need solace, I just think, you know, I, I, what what would Grandmom do? <laughs> I should have one of those. Questions. What would Grandmom do? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, you're making me think of, I have a picture of my grandmother over on the other, on my little area here. And I'm like, looking at that picture, you're making me think of her. So (laughs) she actually started, she was from Philadelphia. I was born in Philadelphia, although I live in the South. Um, She actually was the first person to start uh, Meals on Wheels. Have you heard of Meals on Wheels? Yes. yes. I live in Philly, so I do. Yay. Okay, good. Well, she started that. It was at the lighthouse. I have no idea where that is, but I know it's somewhere in Bucks County. Wow, and, uh, that's really neat. And now it's a, a you know national organization. Kind of cool. That's a wonderful organization. They brought meals to my grandparents for many years. Oh, neat. I just I would interact with them and just thank them, like thank you. You know, it that's just neat. they do a really neat service. Yeah. Oh, that's so wonderful. She, she wasn't a businesswoman, but she was quite entrepreneurial. That's right. And she'd be yeah. 111 if she were alive today. Wow. 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 Wendy, thank you so much for being on our show. I, 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 I enjoyed it thoroughly. I know our listeners did and, and just appreciate all your insight, you know, from, you. you know, tactics and strategy to just motivation <laughs> yes. and inspiration. So thank you. Thank yeah. You. Thank you so much. I really enjoy it. I think that we can go on and on if we continue. <laughs> For because there's so many you know points that you brought it up about you know the ceiling the importance of failing and I think that those are all subjects that we don't talk too much but it's so important for us to succeed so thank you so much for sharing that with us thank you and I look forward to coming back yes. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews, go to our website, therealestateinvestor.com. There, you can subscribe to our show, become part of our investor community, and get updates on upcoming episodes. 
If you like our show, please share it with other women who would benefit. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And as always, we encourage you to take one action as a result of today's show and put it into motion so you can live both a financially free and balanced life. Thanks for spending time with us. Ciao.